Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready to be energized and have some serious fun. This is the Energetic Education Podcast. Introducing your host, Dale Sidebottom. Alrighty guys, welcome back to the Energetic Education Podcast, episode number 23 today. And it's a really, uh, really excited for this topic. I've been uh, actually this lovely person, friend of mine for a while now, she loves to be on my podcast. And we were with Kelly Reynard here talking about mindfulness, meditation and a healthy work-life balance. Kel, thanks for being here. Thank you very much, Sadi, or should I say Dale? Dale, most people know Dale here, but uh, I'll go with that. Um, Now, really excited as well, most podcasts I have to do over Skype these days, but fortunate enough to be in your lovely house in Geelong, for those people listening along know Victoria quite well. Um, Cal, just for listeners out there so they can get a little bit of a background, would you like to sort of tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, Yeah. Maybe education, growing up, everything like that, so sort of paint a picture for the listeners out there? No worries. Um, well, I grew up in Bendigo, um, which is in regional Victoria, and I went to um, Catholic College, followed by Bendigo Senior, and it was in year 11 in 2004 where I became um, really intrigued by psychology as I was studying it um, as one of my units in year 11. And um, I always wanted to be a vet. I have an innate um, need to really want to help others. And at first it started out with animals and then it moved to humans. (laughs) Um, So in 2004, that's when I really decided I wanted to be a psychologist. And um, 2014, 10 years later, I was registered. So I continued to pursue that passion um, and went to uni in Geelong and studied my master's in Melbourne and have done some travel in between. Um, so I grew up in, um, in a great family environment who really encouraged me to pursue my passions and dreams, which is what I've done, um, with a, a lovely sister. And now I live in Geelong with my amazing partner and our dog. Um, and we're sitting in this kitchen right now and having this um, podcast and this conversation. Um, and, and so psychology, I'll just talk a little bit about, about that and, um, and the passion that I had for psychology because growing up... Um, you know, I, I had some. I dealt with some mental health issues myself, um, and particularly around Year Twelve time, and it was more around stress with exams coming up, and then a, a few tragedies that happened um, in my Year Twelve um, around the exam period. So, I really wanted to understand my mind better, um, and I, I really knew that there was people out there in need, and and I, I saw psychology as a way to be able to connect with others and actually be able to understand the human brain, the way we think, why we think we do, the way we do. Um, and, and it was a real passion of mine to pursue that, which is, um, yeah, where I am now, a registered psychologist and, and working um, in, a, in a fantastic field um, and have opened the door up to mindfulness as well. So I combine all of that together. Yeah, and I, I like the way that you've sort of, not fallen into it, but mm. I suppose been gravitated to it through... Uh, sort of situation you've been in, mm. probably use that as a positive as going on. Now, you mentioned the word mindfulness, and at the moment, I think that's a huge buzzword. Yeah, yeah. Can you? I did a bit of Googling on it because mm. this topic today is one that I probably really need to listen to myself. Yeah. Um, but what's mindfulness? What, like in a snapshot? Yeah, yeah. So, look, I'll, I'll give you a bit of context to it first. Um, as humans, we, we really have the innate ability to be able to think about the past, the present, and the future. But we tend to spend a lot of our waking life um, in the past thinking about things that have come and gone that we can't change. 
or catastrophizing about a future that hasn't yet happened or worrying about something that might not even happen. Yeah, yeah. And we don't tend to spend a lot of our time in the present moment. And that, that's what mindfulness is. It's actually consciously directing your attention to the here and now um, with openness, receptiveness and, and without judgment. So it's an, a conscious act of bringing your attention to whatever you're doing and, and whether that's, you know, you're on a walk and you're really paying attention to the colours of the leaves, the colours of the grass, or if you're washing the dishes and you're really focusing um, on the soap suds on, on your hand or brushing your teeth and you're really focused on the um, on the feeling of the, the toothbrush against your gums. Um, so it's, it's, it's that act of being conscious in the here and now on a moment-to-moment basis. And, and, and as I said, we, we tend to spend so much of our waking life in the past and the future and on automatic pilot as well just get in the car you drive somewhere and you kind of go how did I even get there it was just also automatic without even taking anything in you've actually done yeah yep so so that's what mindfulness is and um it's become so popular um in in the western world um and I can explain that a little further down the track but um it's it's such a, a beautiful gift that you can give yourself to be really present and consciously direct your attention to what you're doing um, and the research out there, it, it shows the benefits of, of what that can actually do. Yep. Um, and, and there is times too and there are times when you um, may not consciously know that you're being mindful, so it's not a conscious choice, it's actually subconscious um, action such as if you're playing sport um, and you know, you're really in flow and that's what it's called flow and, and in the moment you're not thinking about what you're going to have for dinner otherwise you're going to get a ball whacked in your head right. yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. or if you think about you know some of your best memories you've ever had and, and whether that's on family holidays or on a night out with friends those memories formed because you were so present in those mm. moments and, gotcha. and you weren't yeah thinking, oh, I, I, this is what I've got to do afterwards. Yeah. You know, I've got to do this or I've got to do that or I'm worried. You were so, so present, but that wasn't a conscious choice. It was just yeah. innate. So we all have the ability, we all have the innate ability to be able to be present. Um, however, you know, with modern life, modern world, distractions, technology, demands, we often um, aren't consciously present um, and, and not as present as we should be. Yeah, and I, I think that summed it up really well for me because... I think you always think about the past, you know, I could have done this better, I mm. should have done that. Yeah. Or then you think towards the future, you know, when I get enough money I can buy a house yeah. or I'm going on this holiday mm. instead of actually thinking about what you're doing. Yeah, and yeah. I think the big thing that struck home for me there is you, when you're actually in, pre- in the moment, mm. you don't actually, you're not thinking about it. No, not and at all. You probably only realise that afterwards. Is yeah. that what you're sort of saying? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it's, I mean, we tend to spend, as I said, a lot of our lives on this automatic pilot and coulda, shoulda, woulda, shoulda done that, but you know, you can't change it. Uh, And the same as the future, it hasn't yet happened and and we catastrophize about it and and the the issues with um, spending so much time ruminating or catastrophizing is stress Um, and and what stress does to our thinking processes and I'll give you a little bit of science behind it and why mindfulness actually helps. And the fact is that in our brain, we've got um, what's called the amygdala. They're two little almond-shaped um, sort of areas of our brain that govern the feeling of being stressed. Um, and we've also got executive functions of our brain, which are responsible for decision-making, information processing, knowing what to pay attention to, um, regulation of our emotions. Um, and unfortunately, when we're stressed, um, the areas of our brain that I mentioned before, the amygdala, 
um, a hij- hijack those functions of our brain that are responsible for the decision making and information processing um, because there's so much activity um, in the amygdala. Um, but when you practice mindfulness and you actually consciously focus on your breath, um, just you know, even noticing the inhale and the exhale or doing a body scan, the activity in the amygdala actually reduces um, and those functions can return back to normal levels. So then you can actually process yeah, in a rational yeah, way instead yeah. of just being on this outrageous stress level yeah, where you don't yeah. actually achieve anything. Absolutely. And, and the thing is too is that you know, our, our primitive minds evolved um, hundreds of thousands of years ago with the number one pr- priority being um, as survival because they were, you know, exposed to a world fraught of danger with saber-toothed tigers and, you know, looking, looking at them as food. And hundreds of thousands of years later, our modern minds haven't um, adapted to our current world. So we're constantly still on the lookout for trouble, um, assessing, judging, but it's not saber-toothed tigers that our <laughs> minds are warning us of now. It's yeah. deadlines, you know, conflict with a colleague, rushing around, feeling bound by a strict clock. Um, and that still elicits what's called our fight or flight response, which is where our adrenaline pumps to our, you know, throughout our body to prepare us to run. We've got blood, extra blood going to the muscles, um, digestion slows down, everything to, in order to survive. Um, but when we're in this day and age, when we're still thinking that we're in trouble because we've got a deadline or we're feeling rushed, you know, we're not going to make it, we're in a traffic jam our fight or flight response still activates, um, which is why stress is such a huge epidemic um, nowadays because there's so much more happening. And our our minds are still going, oh, that's trouble. You know, fight or flight response activate. And it's why sleep is so impacted is is because people are waking up, their minds are ticking over and it's activating their fight or flight response and the blood's pumping to the muscles Adrenaline's going, but they've got nowhere to run. They're in bed. Yeah, and they're um, sort of they're sort of stuck. Yeah, yep. So do, you, turning. do you find and I, technology's fantastic. I love it, mm. all about it. But do you find social media and always having the iPhone, your computer, your iPad around mm. you? Do you with the you know the pressures of getting likes, followers, everything yeah. like that? Is is that causing an issue or is? Um, it, look, they've done some research in that area and there was um, a research study um, by one of the psychology journals and it, it only focused, though, on um, a cohort of teenage, teenage girls. Um, but what it showed is that those who spent more time on social media making upward comparisons, so comparing themselves to images um, that they wanted to look like... Photoshopped images. Yeah, photoshopped, yep. airbrushed images, or even people who were on holidays and it made them feel less about themselves um, and really impacted on their confidence and those girls um, who did spend more time um, and utilising it in that way had high levels of depression, high levels of anxiety but I I honestly don't think it's limited just to teenage girls, I think it's you know all age groups if you're using it in the wrong way but again you know going back to our primitive mind it, it is normal to be able to make those upward comparisons and that's what our, you know, again, we had to do that to survive and, and ensure that we, you know, belonged to a clan or that we, you know, always had more and more food, more shelter, which is why we're always wanting more. More than what you got. Yeah, and wanting yep. to look better and trying to measure up and improve ourselves. So I think for me, that was when I learned about our primitive mind, it was a light bulb moment for me to go, you know what, if I'm comparing, you know, it's normal and I know where I'm doing it, but it's, you know, it's not, it's not right and I just have to 
instill some positive self-talk because I still do it as, as well even yeah. though I know what you're I'm doing. Yeah. yeah, it's normal. It's a human response. So I suppose what you're saying there is that you're the expert on this and you still question oh, your actions. And, and so I think people often get too down on themselves oh, as well. Definitely. You know, yeah. it's like stress. The more you think yeah. about it, the worse it gets. Yeah. And it's probably the same as exactly what you mentioned there. Now, one of the things you mentioned was lack of sleep mm. and deadlines at work and things yeah. like this. Now, a healthy work-life balance. Mm. Like, what, is there a such thing as a perfect model or... Uh, is it? I know people case by case are different. Yeah, They've got different yeah. lifestyles and things like that. But what are this work life balance? What what should people be trying to sort of get out of their mm, life? Mm, you know. Yeah, and look, like you said, it is a case by case basis. So whether balance is the right word or not, um, you know, it's it it can be different for everyone. But I think, um, and this is in some of the workshops that I run, we talk about what what does work life balance mean to you and get people to complete um, a holistic questionnaire about you know where they're spending too much time and where they're not spending enough time and many people say that you know they're not spending enough time at home and their social life is impacted by work yeah. um, because you know that nine to five is sort of this this norm of, of working which you know you get tired and it can impact on your social life Definitely. Um, but finding a balance I think you you know when you're in balance you know when things are good and when you're feeling good and you're sleeping well and there's a different tipping point for everyone and, and that's how my business, the, the name came about called Body's Compass is because I felt that everyone has an internal compass where they know that you know they've got a true north and, and you know when you're in balance or when, when that true north is being met. You feel good, you sleep well, you feel happy, you're productive yep. but that, that compass can shift at any time due yes. to a number of factors in the environment. Um, or you know your relationships with people so it it's constantly about trying to you know find what works for you so some people might work longer hours um, and that may work for them they may be really stimulated and energized at work um, and, and it may work for them they may sleep really well they may be positive and fit things in so again it, it is a personal thing I, I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all um, but I think um you know, it, it, you need to be true to yourself and authentic and honest with yourself because, you know, I know when I've spent too long at work and I can feel it and I might be tired, like I've been driving a lot lately yeah. for work and yep. I'm about to go on a holiday and it couldn't have come at a better time. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you've got to really look after yourself and just really do the best you can with with the tools that you've got. Yeah, and I was going to mention Body Compass and I will have uh, links so you can find more out about Cal on our mm. show notes and everything like that because what you're doing is amazing. One of the big things, um, I know I've been on holidays with you, we're quite good friends, mm-hmm. you're really into meditation, yeah. right? And um, this is one thing that I really struggle with and it's one mm. thing I need to keep trying more of. Yeah. But um, what... With Body Compass, what, what are some of the things you do with meditation and, mm. and what are some of the things that you're seeing with clients that are really working well? Yeah, yeah. So um, I started off with um, small group classes um, and I'm still doing them quite occasionally and now I offer um, one-on-one um, classes where I guide um, clients through 45-minute um, meditations. Wow, and cool. I just found that um, it was a really good model because in small groups or, you know, no matter how, how many other people are there, you can be easily distracted by others coughing, sneezing, yeah. shuffling around. 
So I, I really wanted it to be a more intimate experience for people. Um, so I had one this morning, which, um, yeah, went really well, and I do that in my house and cool. with the intention of eventually building a studio at the back oh, yeah. um, when we renovate. Um, and I also teach um, at a wellness studio in Geelong called Mind Body Salt, and I teach there in a salt therapy room on a Sunday at 11am. Um, so I really, I've titled it Your Self-Care Sunday. Very good. Um, and guide, yeah, it's great. And um, guide clients there through 35 minutes of, of meditation. And, you know, there's many people that have never meditated before or some that have tried it and say to me, oh, I can't stop thinking. My mind keeps wandering off. I find it really hard to sit still. And rest assured that is so normal and your mind is meant to think. Um, yeah. well, you can't stop thinking. We, no. we think, you know, all the time without even being consciously aware of it <laughs> a lot of the time. Um, but the trick with meditation and mindfulness is to notice when your mind is wandering um, catch yourself out and bring it back to the body scan or the breath or whatever you wherever you are in that meditation and the, the whole sort of premise of meditation is you know you'll be focused for a point in time then you'll lose focus then you'll refocus then you'll lose focus and it's yeah. kind of a bit ebb and flow in and out yeah um, and it, it still happens to me all the time, every every time. And you're a pro at it, so... Yeah, well, yeah. I've been doing it for a number of years and I'll still, you know, I guess catch myself out in terms of thinking about what I might have for dinner that <laughs> night. And the more, the, the more I've meditated, the easier and quicker I can catch myself out and bring myself back to what I was doing and, and to that meditation. Yeah, so I suppose like anything, the more you do it, yeah. the better you get. Yeah, and it's like, uh, and I use this analogy of, of going to the gym or working out, you know, you don't expect if you've never worked out before or if you've had months or, or years off training to walk into a gym, do an hour session and come out and, you know, look ha- look amazing, yeah. awesome glutes and biceps <laughs> and, and the same thing. Yeah, I know, I think all the personal trainers would be out of business <laughs> if that was the case and... The same goes with, with meditation. Um, after one time, it, you might might not find that you've achieved what you wanted to achieve when you first sat down. Um, and it takes time to build the mindful muscle in your brain. Um, it really does. But you'll notice, you'll start noticing the benefits. It might not happen straight away, but when you do, I can um, tell you that it's absolutely transformational. Yeah. And it will change your life like it did mine. Yeah. Mm. You're so passionate about it. Yeah, I yeah. love listening to it. Yeah. It's really good. So, um, for those people who don't live in Geelong or, you know, they can't come to your sessions, mm. what are what are some maybe one or two tips for um, people out there that, you know, are really struggling with work-life balance, mm. they feel run down, they're stressed? What, what are maybe just a couple of things that they could start small on? Yeah, um, and, yeah. and, you know, once they nail those, then, you know, you can look at the next one or just a couple mm. of really basic tips yeah. that, you know, will be really beneficial for, for everyday listeners. Yeah, well, um, I use a really good model um, in a lot of my workshops that I run and it kind of hits home for a lot of people and, and stress um, is a, a result of, you know, our perception of a certain situation and, you know, what causes me stress might not cause you stress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And it it can really come about from that ruminating and catastrophizing. So what I do is I often draw these two circles on a whiteboard and and the outside circle is called the circle of concern and that is uh, a circle of things that you have no control over at all. So that could be the past, you know, the cost of petrol, the, the cost of things at the supermarket, the weather... Um, the mood of someone yep. so things that you have no control over and then inside that circle is called a circle of influence and, and they're things that you can actually 
influence yes. um, out of those things that um, are out of your control. So you could choose to go to a different petrol station that might be a bit cheaper or choose to shop somewhere else yeah. or choose to, you know, even avoid that person who's moody. Yeah. Um, and then within that circle of influence, you have a, a circle of, of control and that's things that you can directly control and that could be what you choose to eat, what you choose to wear, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. But the more heavily that people focus on that outside circle of concern and things they can't control, stress arises. Makes sense. Um, and that circle of influence and control shrinks. But the opposite goes is, is if you actually focus more on what you can influence out of that situation and even things that you can directly control, which is your attitude and mood, the bigger that gets and that circle of concern actually shrinks. So I always use that model. To say, you know, there's going to be things that are out of your control, but what can you actually influence? And when people sort of use that mindset, it can just help to alleviate some stress um, and concern because, you know, let's face it, stress is inevitable, but there's often things that we can't control. Correct. No matter how much you worry about them, it's not going to change it. Exactly It's only right. going to make you more stressed. And the best thing about what you just mentioned is you, you don't need anything to do it. You can write it down yeah, and you stick yeah. it up on the wall. Yeah. And, you know, you can remind yourself daily. Yeah, you know, go yeah. by and look at it because if you're worrying about things out of your control, you, they're just going to destroy exactly. you. They'll eat you up in yeah. life, won't they? Yeah. And um, look, probably my number one tip as well, apart from that, is, is practicing mindfulness and um, again, the research has shown the differences it can make and they've you know, compared non-meditators to meditators and, and showed brain scans and showed um, you know, the different activity in their brain because neuroplasticity, you know, which is, is fantastic that we know more about that now because it shows that you can actually change the structure of your brain and you can actually do that through mindfulness and meditation for the better to become a happier, more vibrant, positive person you know help regulate your emotions and respond as opposed to react yep um another tip i think is just to slow down <laughs> i think we um and yep. look, i'm guilty of it too of rushing around sometimes and it's not until i have to sort of talk to myself yep. and say kelly just slow down relax. take a breath relax the world isn't going to end if you're two minutes late um and, and the, the thing is is that when, when we are running late or feeling bound by a strict clock our fight or flight response, no, even though we're not in danger, it's not a life or death situation, our fight or flight response activates and it's this you know, low grind throughout the day and the, the deadlines, the running late and everything else that's causing wear and tear on our body. Yep. So it's really important to slow down, just take a deep breath. It's not a life or death situation. Instill some positive self-talk um, and you'll find that things will just calm down. Mm. Yeah, well, I, I think there's some amazing tips today and... Uh, I really like that writing that one down because I think mean, too often people worry about things that are way out of their control yeah, and yeah. You, you will continue to worry because it doesn't matter what you do, it's not going to change exactly. it. Exactly. You know, yeah. so focus on yourself. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really important thing. And mm. as I mentioned, Body Compass, uh, we'll put, uh, you're very good on Instagram. I'll, yes. put the, I'll put your Instagram <laughs> handle on for that and also Great. your website. Um, people can go on there and check out more. And if you want to, Get in contact with Cal, I'm sure um, you can do that through uh, her website yes. or you can yeah. send her a message on yeah. Instagram and she'll be more than happy to obviously share her wisdom. And if yeah. you are around the Geelong area of Victoria, mm. hit Cal up. Definitely do. <laughs> Won't be long and she'll be uh, dominating the whole Victoria, Australia, the <laughs> we'll world. We'll see. <laughs> uh, Hopefully. <laughs> but thanks for being on the podcast today, Cal. Really Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right. See you guys.